Testing, one, two, three, four, five, six, how much sound? Good, <clears throat> good, good. Um, so welcome to this uh, Monday night class. We're gonna be looking at um, a couple of different themes that run through the course. Uh, and I kind of got the idea to do it um, from a conversation I was having with Arise the other day um, about the word ancient. And she was pointing out how many times the course, the word ancient showed up in the course. And of course, I thought maybe seven times. Well, it's always about 10 times more than that. And literally in this case, <laughs> it's used about 70 times in the course. And then uh, the theme yesterday from uh, Nidra's class on the door, opening the door what that means, um, the door from the unreal world into the real world, from the wrong side of my mind um, into the right side of my mind. Uh, and the way Jesus uses that word, he uses that word about 70 times too, the word door. And then sometimes he puts them together. <laughs> sometimes he talks about the ancient, ancient door. So we'll look at some of those references tonight. <clears throat> I'm not even sure what to say about them. <laughs> Except I'm just kind of doing this so I can sit with it <laughs> and, and invite you to sit with it too. What, what that idea of ancient even means. You know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and, you know, and then suddenly you hear John Williams music playing in the background. <laughs> there was this ancient uh, thought of separation. <laughs> And then there was the ancient friend, capital F friend. He actually uses that phrase also. That came up as soon as this ancient thought of separation um, seemed to happen in our awareness. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it feels pretty Star Wars-y actually. <laughs> when you start looking at the word ancient and what that might mean. And, and, and part of the theme in uh, lesson 131 that Nidra was looking at uh, yesterday morning is this idea of uh, why wait? <laughs> why have we been doing it this long? <laughs> why would you want to wait any longer? Um, it seems to make time pretty real. <laughs> you start using the word ancient, time starts feeling like it's been around a long time. Of course, there's other places where he says time doesn't even exist, it's not real, it doesn't even happen. So, um, yeah, it's just to sit with that theme of ancient and see what it does to you. I'm kind of curious. See what it does to me. We'll ask Arise what it did to her when she was <laughs> when she was looking at it. Um, but yeah, so but let's look at uh, lesson three forty one. I mean, not three forty one. Uh, lesson one thirty one, where he's talking about the door and he's talking about um, an ancient promise that God made to us. And, and how we're opening the door to let that ancient promise happen. So I'm on page 241 in the workbook, page 241. This is towards the end of lesson 131. He starts talking about this image of door in a, I'm on paragraph 11 and um, let's go down to line seven or up to line seven, paragraph 11 at the top of page 241, line seven. He says, then let them go, meaning all these crazy um, 
wrong-minded thoughts we have about judgment and punishment and guilt, then let them go and sink below those crazy thoughts to the holy place where they can enter not, where they just aren't there. It's another way of rephrasing moving from this wrong-minded experience of listening to the ego to having a right-minded experience of allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. There is a door, line eight, there is a door beneath them in your mind, beneath these crazy thoughts, which you could not completely lock to hide what lies beyond. One of the things to be aware, become aware of as we're talking about this door, this ancient door, is, is God didn't close it on us. <laughs> this, is not, this is not the Adam and Eve story. He didn't throw us out of heaven and then put two fire, angels with fiery swords to keep us from coming back. We're the ones that closed the door. <laughs> We're the ones that said, no. Yeah, I hear you knocking, Jesus, but you can't come in. <laughs> That's what we said. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. I mean, one of my favorite images in, uh, of Jesus is, is this idea of, on my left, Jesus knocking on the door. This is actually the Mormon version, the um, Latter-day Latter Saints version, the painting of, of him knocking on the door, the door of my awareness, the door of my mind. This is uh, another one I like. This is kind of like the, the Hispanic version of Jesus knocking on the door of my mind, asking me to, for me to open it and let him speak to me. So, I mean... And it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> it's an ancient door that we put up eons ago. Probably way before we were ever even, I mean, we, you know, we were dinosaurs for a long time before we ever even became people. <laughs> we, were, we were dinosaurs running around for more than 100 million years. This time around, I think we've only been around less than, what, 50,000 years or so, depending on what biological clock you want to look at as humans. But certainly, you know, life on this seeming planet's been around for a long, long, long time. And uh, we've certainly taken different shapes and forms to insist that separation is, is real. And it ain't my fault. <laughs> I didn't do it. Somehow it was done to me. Certainly done to me as a seeming stick figure called Tim in the dream. So page 241 in the workbook. At the top of the page, paragraph seven, seek for that door and find it. Seek for that inner door that we keep closed to Jesus. That door to our own, allowing him to enter our awareness. But before you try to open it, remind yourself, pause for a second and remind yourself, no one can fail who seeks to reach to the truth. We can't fail if we actually seek to reach Jesus to open the door. He didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, ultimately, it's not even a door. It's just we're pretending there's a door. It's a door we just made up and believe is, is very real. Seek for that door and find it. Before you try to open it, remind yourself you really do want to try this. <laughs> and you won't fail when you do. That's why we don't try it. <laughs> if we're in an ego mode, hell no, I won't go. I'll know I'm not going to open the door and then never admit that's what we're, we're, you know, professing out loud is that, you know, we're part of us is terrified to open the door. We've got ourselves afraid of the very thing that's going to save us. So he goes on 
paragraph 13, put out your hand, <laughs> just visualize this stuff. Put out your hand and see how easily the door swings open with your one intent to go beyond it. With your one intent to allow Jesus to speak to you. Angels it will even light the way. <laughs> you don't even need a flashlight here. <laughs> Angels are going to light up the way so that all darkness vanishes and you are standing in a light so bright and clear that you can understand all things you see. And then dropping down to paragraph 14, you can't fail today if you do it. There walks with you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, heaven sent you that you might approach this door someday, like now, <laughs> the only time to do it is right now, that you might approach this door someday and through his aid, the Holy Spirit's aid, slip effortlessly past it to the light. Today, now, today is the day. Today, that day has come. Today, God keeps his ancient promise to his holy son, as does his son remember his promise, his ancient promise to his father. This is a day of gladness, for we come to the appointed. Jesus likes that word too, appointed. He uses that a lot. Appointed time and place where you will find the goal of all your searching here and all the seeking of the world, which end together as you pass beyond the door, the door that we kept closed. So, I mean, later on, Lesson 195, and um, let's look at, this is page 373 in the workbook, Lesson 195, love is the way I walk in gratitude. But love is not the way I walk in gratitude if I keep that door closed. <laughs> I can't walk in love if I keep the door closed. He's going to talk about it again in paragraph seven, page 373 in the workbook. And this beautiful image. A lot of times when he's talking about this ancient stuff, he, you know, some of the richest, most beautiful poetic images are in, in the course when he starts referring to this. We'll, we'll look at some of those too, some more of those. He says, paragraph seven, let our brothers then let our brothers lean their tired heads against our shoulders as they rest a while. We offer thanks for them. We're not complaining about them anymore. <laughs> We're actually offering thanks for our brothers. For if we can direct them to the peace that we would find, the way then is opening at last to us. We do this together and not at all. An ancient door, an ancient door is swinging free again. A long forgotten word re-echoes in our memory and gathers clarity as we are willing once again to hear, as we are once again willing to walk through that door. And then, uh, Interesting enough, you know, a lot of the, the themes he, that Jesus develops throughout the whole course, you know, are pretty much in the first nine chapters. The theme of healing, the theme of forgiveness, the theme of the ego, the theme of the Holy Spirit. I mean, all those are really like focused on um, in those first nine chapters. 
and then he he you know embroiders on all those themes as he continues through the through the text through the entire course but he doesn't really talk about this theme of ancientness first time he uses the word ancient is not until chapter 18 go figure <laughs> i think i don't think he wanted to drop that bomb on us <laughs> like how long we've been doing this <laughs> until we you know we're pretty like more than halfway through the course at this point at least halfway more than halfway through the text so the first time he, you know, it's in, uh, let's see, if I can find it, page 392 back in the text. Page 392, looks like it's chapter 18. And uh, it's in, uh, I think I got it in paragraph 13. Yeah. Actually, page 393 in the text and it's paragraph 13. He says, you have reached the end of, this is the first time he drops it, <laughs> of an ancient journey. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I think that's why that resounded so like <laughs> on, on such a, you know, a Jungian archetype level when we first saw that on the screen back in whatever it was, 1970s when Star Wars put that up. It was the echo of this ongoing battle seeming battle between the good and the bad that's been raging inside of us forever. But we made that battle up. We made up the good, we made up the bad, and then we pretended it wasn't our fault. So it says, paragraph 13, you have reached the end of an ancient journey. In other places, he calls that the journey from our head to our heart. <laughs> We've reached the end of that ancient journey and not realizing yet that it's even over. We're still kind of pretending we're watching the replay of this video of thinking we're here as bodies. You are still worn and tired and the desert's dust still seems to cloud your eyes and keep you sightless. Yet he whom you welcomed has come to you and would welcome and would welcome you. He has waited long to give you this. Jesus has been knocking on that door for a long time. He has waited long to give you this. Receive it now of him for he would have you know him. He's also referring in this section to the, our capital S self. Welcoming our capital S self back into our awareness opening the door to that awareness of our capital S self, that that is what we truly are. Receive it now of him for he would have you know him. Only a little wall of dust still stands between you and your brother. Blow on it lightly and with happy laughter and it will fall away. And walk then into the garden love as prepared for both of you. You have reached the end of an ancient journey. Uh, let's see, another reference, page 425 in the text. This is in chapter 20 in the first section, Holy Week. Page 425 in the text, paragraph four. Let's see. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, let's go actually to the top of page 426. Jesus tells us, I was a stranger and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet for your gift of lilies, you will know. We will wake up. We will become aware. Lilies in the course are a symbol of forgiveness. Forgiveness in the course is all about letting go our, our belief that we're different than Jesus. Our belief that we're different from our brother. Our, our belief that we are these things that could sin. Our belief that my brother sinned and that I could be um, a sinner also. Yet for your gifts of lilies, you will know. In your forgiveness of the stranger, this guy is knocking on the door. Alien to you and yet your ancient friend, capital F friend, been there knocking for a long, long, long seeming time. Lies his release and your redemption with him. The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. We've been mourning for a long time. <laughs> Why wait for heaven? Why mourn anymore? The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. And then finally, to get to an opening meditation, and one of the, certainly one of the most beautiful sections, I think, in the whole course is page 446 in the text, The Forgotten Song. And this is where he, he really fleshes out that we've been doing this a long time. Just to kind of look at this board for a second, if you have speaker view, you might want to put it on speaker view for a little bit. So uh, this is some of the references where Jesus uses the word ancient, and he uses it in two ways. Sometimes he uses it from a wrong-minded point of view. So he's talking about an ancient hate. We've been hating for a long time. We could, you know, we could equally say an ancient mourning, M-O-U-R-N. We've been mourning for a long time. An ancient overlearning. <laughs> Enough already. We've already overlearned ego. <laughs> Why do it one more day? You know, we did it as dinosaurs. We're doing it now as bodies. We don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> Why wait for heaven? We've overlearned this lesson of the ego, and it's redundantly silly. Ad nauseum, ad infinitum. It's just been the same message over and over. So, and then an ancient battle. An ancient battle that we made up. Jesus isn't fighting with us. <laughs> God's not fighting with us. This is, isn't a battle between light and dark. This is just me pretending there is light and dark. <laughs> and I'm not the dark. You are. <laughs> or somebody is. It's not me. I didn't do it. An ancient battle. An ancient fear. We got ourselves scared to death of the very thing that's going to save us. The reason we don't open the door and let Jesus in or walk through the door ourselves and, and see he's on the other side, just simply waiting, is because we have ourselves scared to death of him without ever admitting that. An ancient fear. I'm never afraid for the reason I think. 
in the world, I'm afraid of all kinds of stuff. Well, no, 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 that's not the real fear. The real fear is I just simply am, am afraid to open the door and see Jesus standing there. How silly is that? An ancient fear. Ancient prisons. <laughs> just think of the multiple prisons that we've made for ourselves in this lifetime, much less other lifetimes. If we have a chance, we'll look at reincarnation later. <laughs> kind of ties in with this we've been doing this for a long time over and over and over and over and over reincarceration reincarceration that's good <laughs> very good ancient prisons over and over and then uh, you know he uses it in a right-minded way too at one point he talks about ancient truth and ancient love an ancient call ancient peace peace didn't go anywhere none of this stuff went anywhere it's always been there that's why it's ancient and it's still there it's in the holy instant that we wake up to it an ancient home an ancient journey an ancient search we've just been looking for love in all the wrong places for a long time <laughs> for a long time and the time was all made up and the search was all made up, and we don't have to do it anymore. An ancient song, that's what we'll be looking at here. An ancient song, the forgotten song. And then the ancient capital F friend that we were just looking at. So uh, yeah, let's, let's um, do forgotten song. Paragraph six, seven, eight, and nine, let's see. Uh, Yeah, six, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, I'll start at the bottom this time. Ron, you want to read paragraph six and then uh, I'll go up. Trish, you want to read uh, paragraph seven, Dave Dempsey, paragraph eight, and then finally Lynn Altman, paragraph nine. And we'll do those four paragraphs in succession on page 446. And then we'll get quiet for a little bit and allow that to sink in. So Ron, Ron left. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> He's like, oh, I got to get my book. <laughs> uh oh, busted Ron. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Bruce, you got a book? Sure. All right. I, actually, I've got it on my screen, but same thing. Yeah. Okay. So you got paragraph six. We'll forgive Ron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alrighty, go ahead. Listen, perhaps you catch a hint of an ancient state, not quite forgotten, dim perhaps, and yet not altogether unfamiliar, like a song whose name is long forgotten, and the circumstances in which you heard completely unremembered. Not the whole song has stayed with you, but just a little wisp of melody, attached not to a person, or a place or anything particular. But you remember from just this little part, how lovely was the song, how wonderful the setting where you heard it and how you loved those who were there and listened with you. The notes are nothing, yet you have kept them with you, not for themselves, but as a soft reminder of what would make you weep 
if you remembered how dear it was to you. You could remember, yet you are afraid, believing you would lose the world you learned since then. And yet you know that nothing in the world you learned is half so dear as this. Listen and see if you remember an ancient song you knew so long ago and held more dear than any melody you taught yourself to cherish since. Beyond the body, beyond the sun and stars, past everything you see and yet somehow familiar, is an arc of golden light that stretches as you look into a great and shining circle. And all the circle fills with light before your eyes. The edges of the circle disappear and what is in it is no longer contained at all. The light expands and covers everything, extending to infinity, forever shining and with no break or limit anywhere. Within it, everything is joined in perfect continuity nor is it possible to imagine that anything could be outside, for there is nowhere that this light is not. This is the vision of the Son of God, whom you know well. Here is the sight of him who knows his Father. Here is the memory of what you are, a part of this, with all of it within, and joined to all as surely as all is joined in you. Accept the vision that can show you this, and not the body. You know the ancient song and know it well. Nothing will ever be as dear to you as is this ancient hymn of love the Son of God sings to his Father still. Thanks, everybody. We'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring this out. And gently, gently come back. Any anything about any of that stuff? We'll start with Arise and she's she she's started it all. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you, Tim. I'm really glad you did take this theme because the first time it ever hit me was when we did hit it in chapter 18 and that first uh, reference to it. Um, and it, it just, I don't know, you've reached the end of an ancient journey, not yet realizing that it's over. And it just hit me. I mean, I've heard, heard the text saying that this is 
the way it is, but using that, that metaphor of ancient just touches me deeply. I have to sit, it, like, like you say, I have to sit with this because there's so much there. Thank you. Yeah, good. Thanks, Arise. Thanks. Hmm. Anybody, any thoughts? Bruce, how you deal with all this ancient stuff? Rolls. <laughs> uh, th this is actually the uh, Forgotten Song is one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, passages in the whole course, and and uh, uh, so yeah. About every other time I get emotional, and this was sort of a mix. <laughs> it's just such a sweet reminder of you know what what we what we think we left, but we never could. Yeah. 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 It's good. Thanks. Thanks. Anybody else? Anything? Go ahead, Lynn Altman. Yeah, I was really um, struck today by that the paragraph about the um, circle filling with light and then expanding till nothing is excluded. And that just so describes the first experience that I had of something beyond my body and beyond the world as I knew it. And, and that, that, experience of no end is just that's there's something about the ancientness of that and yet I find myself constantly attracted to these little thoughts and ideas about the particulars that are going on that seem so relevant I mean I I had an experience today it was like I thought I got it I know what my problem is it's that I am it's one or the other I it's like I am I am obsessed with that in every relationship. It's, I mean, it was just like a shock. And so I'm, I'm going around and around with that idea and I'm, I'm intrigued with it. I want to explore it. I want to dive into it. But that keeps me from that other experience. It's, it's like, how, how important is that thought? Yeah, it's, it's probably good that I realize that that's literally going on every time I, Right now, it's me or, or all the rest of you. It's not all of us together. I mean, that's just my normal way of relating. So, but this other that is described here, it's so real. And it is, it's, it's beyond, it's beyond thought. It's beyond anything that I know with my conscious mind. It's what I am. And it's, yeah, it's really nice to, to, to keep thinking about that, 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 it's, it's a door opening to something that always was, always is, and always will be. Amen. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Go ahead, Abe. Yeah, you know, uh, this, uh, this ancient melody, uh, I think, is the reason why many of us have been studying the Course for a long time, hoping that uh, this ancient melody will become more and more louder and more fresh in our mind because uh, it it touches something very deep in us and even though we oftentimes fight with the course and don't want to you know follow the uh, idea of forgiving our brother this this is the carrot uh, the carrot at the end of the stick that says keep doing it yeah 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 good carrot <laughs> Infinite carrot. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. Thanks, Abe. Arise, do you have something else or are you good? Well, uh, oh, I was on. Yeah, sorry. 
I, I was going to thank Bruce because I could sense you were emotional about that. And I just thought, wow, this is, this, does these passages and this whole reference to ancient make me feel emotional too. And I, I haven't been emotional about the course until this. And I think that's good. So thank you for sharing that, Bruce. Good. Thanks. All right. Oh, okay. Let's, let's come down to earth. Well, not really, but <laughs> let's look at reincarnation because <laughs> I've been promising for weeks just so I don't feel guilty <laughs> that I was going to talk about reincarnation. And every week people like Aris gives me something new to think about and talk about. So, but I can tie this one in sort of maybe. So at reincarnation, it's in the manual and, um, Certainly, it's more than implied in the Course. It doesn't flat out say we've had a zillion lives each, but I mean, the idea of ancient is we've been doing this stuff for a long time. In, uh, I think it's chapter five or chapter four, maybe even earlier. He says, you know, we've been preoccupied with these tangential issues, these details that Lynn Altman was talking about for a long time. Ancient tangential issues. <laughs> Life after life after life after life after life after life. Life after seeming life. Life after seeming life after seeming life after seeming life. Body after seeming body after seeming body after seeming body. So I'm on page 60 in the manual. He says his reincarnation so. <laughs> Sounds like Yoda. <laughs> Another Star Wars-y thing. Is reincarnation so? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Is reincarnation so? In the ultimate sense, reincarnation is impossible. <laughs> there is no life outside of heaven. <laughs> this is all made up. Everybody on the screen is made up. I'm made up. You're made up. <laughs> so if these individual seeming lives on the screen right now are made up, then, then all the lives that we supposedly had before and will have after are all made up too. They're impossible. Yet it's the dream we made up that we're believing in. So he's not telling us, you don't have, you know, if you believe in it, fine. If you think you had past lives, that's fine. But once again, the question we need to ask about reincarnation, the question we need to ask about um, this life right now, no matter, or whether we had past lives before or not, is what is this life really for? What's it for? What's the purpose? And is the purpose an ego-driven purpose where we keep repeating this ancient hate, this ancient fear, this ancient preoccupation with tangential issues, in this case, this body, <laughs> in other cases, other bodies, or is it, is it for to wake up, to ask the Holy Spirit to have me, help me have an experience that your body and my body is not what's really going on? that in truth, your body can't do anything to my body. Your body's made up, my body's made up, and we're never upset for the reason we think. That's what bodies are for. From the ego's point of view, it, it proves that the tangential issues that this body is having right now are very important. It proves I'm upset for the reason I think. It proves I need to be preoccupied with this body to keep it going, to keep it happy, to keep it this, to keep it that. And then underneath that, don't even admit, I'm just waiting to be betrayed, 
let down, hurt. That's what all those lives were for, if reincarnation is so, from, from an ego's point of view. I'm in a lot of pain, and it's not my fault. Somebody else did this to me. That's the ancient fear. That's the ancient repetitive programming of the ego. So in the ultimate sense, reincarnation is impossible. Oh, okay. <laughs> sort of a relief <laughs> on some level. There is no past or future, and the idea of birth into a body has no meaning, either once or many times. The never born can never die, no matter how many times we think we did. Reincarnation cannot then be true in any real sense. Our only question should be, is this concept helpful? Well, yeah, if I give it to the Holy Spirit, <laughs> he'll help me see it a whole different way than what my ego has been using it for. And that depends, of course, on what it is used for. And more appropriately, what we're talking about, who, who it's used by. If it's used by the ego, it'll reinforce all these ancient themes. If it's used by the Holy Spirit, it'll help us wake up. We'll use it as a communication device to share this message of an ancient truth, an ancient peace, an ancient song that didn't go anywhere, that's still playing and that we can still hear. Uh, line six, if it is used to strengthen the recognition of the eternal nature of life, of our true innocence as the son of God, it is helpful indeed. Well, anything is. <laughs> Everything that the ego has made up and, and uses to keep this stuff going, the Holy Spirit can turn around and use the same stuff to help us wake up. Is any other question about it really useful in lighting up the way? <laughs> you know, I, and, then, and then he gets the, it kind of breaks it down the way we, we kind of use reincarnation from an ego point of view, if we believe in it, to kind of, you know, like, look, look what I did in a past life. <laughs> look how special I was. <laughs> you know, like I was a king or a queen or whatever. <laughs> I was hanging out with Jesus in the, in the old days. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm hanging out with Jesus right now. That's what's important. It doesn't matter whether I hung out, out with him 2,000 years ago or not. Am I hanging out with him right now? So once again, who's it, what's it being used by? The ego or, or the Holy Spirit? Who am I inviting into this experience? Uh, line eight, like many other beliefs, it can be bitterly misused. At least, such misuse offers preoccupation and perhaps pride in the past. <laughs> or, at, at worst, it induces inertia in the present. Well, I'm just going to keep on having all these lives, so I got lots of time. <laughs> I can do this next lifetime. It's stupid course of miracles. I'm not doing this now. I'll do it tomorrow. No, maybe I'll do it in 10 years. Oh, no, no, maybe I'll do it in my, you know, in my next life. At worst, it induces inertia in the present. In between, there's all kinds of crazy stuff we think about it. <laughs> the ego loves crazy. 
we can make up all kinds of stories about what we did, what we didn't do. We make up all stories about this lifetime. Can you imagine what we would do <laughs> if we had a, a bit of a glimpse into past lives or not? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's kind of fun. And, and he goes, you know, it's fun to talk about. If you want to talk about it, just just try try to talk about it and not take it too seriously. The way we take everything seriously. In between many kinds of folly are possible. <laughs> These two extremes, inertia or pride about our past lives. Reincarnation would not under any circumstances be the problem to be dealt with now. There's only one problem right now. Am I hooked up with Jesus or am I hooked up with my ego? That was the only problem for all this ancient stuff that happened. <laughs> it's the only, because it's the only problem right now. Now is the only time we can let go of this stuff. Right now in this class. Now is the only time to do it. We can't do it yesterday. We can't do it tomorrow. Tomorrow's not here. The only time we can do any of this Course in Miracles stuff is right now. The only time I can be willing to lay down my judgments about everybody and everything is right now. Tomorrow uh, in a, no, not, I guess it's Wednesday. God, I've lost track of what we're doing. I think Lynn tomorrow is, is doing uh, everybody and everything. The introduction to the workbook. How this need, all these lessons need to be applied to everybody and everything. If I'm leaving anything out, I'm caught up in all this ancient craziness again. Ancient pain, <laughs> ancient fear, ancient hurting. The only time we can do this is right now. We look at our judgments, we're willing to lay them down, and we ask to go, walk through that door to have a different experience with Jesus. Uh, let's see, line two, if it were responsible for some of the difficulties the individual faces now, meaning my past lives are making, my karma is coming back on me, I'm going to pay. Well, not from Jesus's point of view. The only re reason we're paying anything right now for if we're still hanging on to pushing him away. That's what we're paying for. It's not pain from the past is coming up and grabbing us in the butt. <laughs> it's, if I'm feeling any pain at all right now, it's because I'm pushing him away and I'm pretending I'm not. If it were responsible for some of the difficulties that we seem to face now, our task would still be only to escape from them now. The only time we can do this is now. If he is laying the groundwork for a future life, <laughs> Is anybody doing that? <laughs> anybody laying the groundwork for tomorrow even? <laughs> if you're laying the groundwork for a future life, you can still work out salvation only now. <laughs> to some, there may be comfort in the concept. And if it heartens them, its value is self-evident. It is certain, however, that the way to salvation can be found by those who believe in reincarnation and those who don't. It doesn't matter what beliefs we, we, we believe in. They're all made up anyway. <laughs> it's all this self-concept stuff, lowercase self-concepts. Uh, line six, the idea cannot therefore be regarded as essential to this curriculum, this Course in Miracles. Do it, don't do it, it's fine. 
there's always some risk in seeing the present, however, in terms of the past. No, it's just what's going on right now is the issue. There is always some good in any thought which strengthens the idea that life and the body are not the same. For our purposes, it would not be helpful to take any definite stand on reincarnation. In, in these two sections, it's kind of funny because, I mean, you know, we're all, we all, most of us came from some kind of crazy, not crazy, but, you know, we were pretty sincere about our new age backgrounds. So in 24, it's all about reincarnation. In 25, it's all about psychic abilities, <laughs> Ooh, the woo-woo stuff. <laughs> and it's fine, you know, it's, it's okay. But once again, is my ego using this stuff or is my Holy Spirit, is Holy Spirit using this stuff? So that's, that's always, it's always about purpose. For our purposes, it would not be helpful to take any definite stand on reincarnation or anything, <laughs> anything. A teacher of God should be as helpful to those who believe in it as those who do not. Pick politics. <laughs> half the country is this way and half the country is that way. It doesn't matter what we believe. It's just, it, it just always goes back to who am I doing this with, this moment, this second. And usually when we're doing it with the ego, we don't want to admit it or we just don't admit it. And then we pay the price for that. <clears throat> a teacher of God, line two, a teacher of God should, should be as helpful to those who believe in reincarnation as to those who do not. Those who believe in anything compared to those who don't believe in it. If a definite stand were required of him, it would merely limit the teacher's usefulness as well as his own decision-making. It's the teacher's issue, not the, not the pupil, not the, not the uh, whoever it is we're dealing with. Our course is not concerned with any concept that is not acceptable to anybody, regardless of his formal beliefs. His own ego will be enough for him to cope with, and it is not part of wisdom to add sectarian controversies to his burdens. Well, that's a mouthful. I didn't know I was doing that. <laughs> adding sectarian controversy to, to my poor brother's burdens. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. You put it that way. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Nor would there be an advantage in his premature acceptance of the course merely because it advocates a long-held belief of his own. Don't scare him to death. <laughs> it's not our job. He's already scared enough. We've already been running around in this ancient fear for a long time. We don't have to reinforce that in each other. In our own awareness, I just need to wake up. And in that awareness, I'll see my brother. He's okay, no matter what he thinks he's afraid of. I'll know I'm okay, no matter what I thought I had been previously afraid of. And in that joining, in that awareness, I'll know that on some level he knows too. And he'll feel it. Whether he shows it or not, he'll feel it. Paragraph four, it cannot be too strongly emphasized that this course aims at a complete reversal of thought. Well, most of us are getting that by now. <laughs> this, is, this is not about any specific issue. This is about everything. <laughs> everything. <clears throat> when this is finally accomplished, a complete reversal of thought, when this is finally accomplished, 
issues such as the validity of reincarnation become meaningless. Everything becomes meaningless. First lesson, I give everything I see all the meaning it has. And I made that up. <laughs> and I made that up out of fear. And it's been going on a long time. <laughs> me giving meaning to everything I think I see and feel and touch. Any, any, anything about any of that? <laughs> it's only everything. <laughs> Go ahead, Bruce. I, I was just going to have a, a, a simplification to the, uh, uh, what was the phrase? The, uh, um, Oh, the, the controversy. I, I just, I just think the, the we, the we, they battles, you know, is basically what he was, I think he was the simpler phrase. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. The we, they's. <laughs> Anybody else? Anything? I, I tend to get going. I forget to pause. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Steven, how you doing? Talk to me, Steven. <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, I had one of these, uh, you know, I'm like doing some kind of routine thing about 20 years ago. And like, I saw myself as a, as an Indian in like the 1870s. And I had walked into the wrong saloon. And I, you know, it, it was, uh, I was, I was dying. And somebody had just shot me. And I was so shocked that I was dying. And then I came back, you know, to but it just kind of hit me all of a sudden. And I guess, you know, I've wondered about it ever since because it's the only thing that I've ever seen about that, you know? So did I just have one past life and this is the second one? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> That's a question, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> you see everybody on the screen, they were in the bar and one of them was <laughs> the one that shot you. <laughs> uh. Edgar Casey said, you can't even walk down the street past anybody that you didn't walk by in a past life. Oh, come on, really? Well, supposedly we're breathing some of the same, you know, within 24 hours, we breathe, we breathe the same air as, uh, as, as Julius Caesar did, you know, back in the day, speaking of aging. Yeah. Ooh, that just messed me up. <laughs> I trust you to do that. That's good. Anybody, anything else? Oh, hey, how you doing with all this? Welcome. <laughs> She's okay. All right. Very good. She's smiling at least. All right. Very good. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun stuff. It's fun stories. And, you know, like when we retell these stories, you know, because they we're not in the same body that it's a whole lot easier not to take them so personally <laughs> or, you know, get that freaked out about. I remember I was doing this one thing meditation. I mean, it's fun stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing um, uh, a high priest in Atlantis and uh, the floods coming. Right. And we're all about ready to die. And as a group, we were all used to leaving our bodies and, and then we would come back and we did this collectively, probably everybody on the screen. <laughs> we were used to doing this. So the flood was coming. So we all just knew we would just leave our bodies, our awareness, but we wouldn't have our bodies to go back to because they all be drowned. The bodies would all be drowned. And I remember I got so violently seasick <laughs> doing that meditation. I mean, it was really weird. I mean, I felt like the, the mattress I was laying on was just doing a rowboat thing, like in violent. I mean, it was really intense. 
So I, I kind of stopped doing reincarnation scenarios after that one. <laughs> I was bringing it to home. But there's all kinds of good stories, I and mean, we've all had them. Who shot Steven? That's what I want to know. <laughs> so some some redneck that was in that, uh, uh, please excuse me, but uh, that was in that Deadwood movie, uh, you know, and, and please, I, I say that lovingly, you know, most all my red, uh, most all my relatives are redneck and golly, I love them. <laughs> That's a, the irony of, of the redneck shooting an, uh, an Indian, a red Indian. <laughs> yeah, great. And on and on and on, the story goes. All right. Uh, par paragraph at the top of page 61. Until then, there are likely to be the, all these uh, seeming issues, seeming lifetimes, are likely to be merely controversial. A teacher of God is therefore wise to step away from all such questions, for he has much to teach and learn apart from all these seeming controversies himself. He should both learn and teach that theoretical issues simply waste time. Draining it away from its appointed purpose. Am I doing this with ego or am I doing this with the Holy Spirit? If there are aspects to any concept or belief that will be helpful, we will be told about it. <laughs> we'll find, we'll see the help in every situation. He will also be told how to use it and what more need he know. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice way <laughs> to look at not just reincarnation, but anything, especially when it comes to all the, the psychic stuff that all, most of us came from that background. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of us took it seriously off and on, but I mean, no more than we took everything seriously. No more than I'm taking anything seriously today if I'm in ego mode. And if I'm in ego mode, I will take things seriously. And I will make them a big deal. And I will make them controversial to me. <laughs> I'm doing this to me. Uh, paragraph six, the emphasis of this course always remains the same. Semicolon dash, not even a comma dash. <laughs> There goes that punctuation craziness again. Semicolon dash. It is at this moment that complete salvation is offered you. And it is at this moment that you can accept it. The time is now. The time is here. The time is now. The time is here. And the doorway back is we, we start with step one in forgiveness. What is it I'm freaking out about? Don't deny it. Whatever we're feeling controversial about, whatever, whatever reason I'm upset, that becomes the doorway back if, if I'm willing to look at you and me the way Jesus does right now instead of blaming. Am I willing to let go of my judgments or not? How simple is this course? I don't have to go back 10 lifetimes to when I might have shot Steven. <laughs> I just need not to shoot him right now. <laughs> if I'm not shooting him, him right now and I'm not shooting myself in the foot, I'm doing pretty good. But the only way I can do that is with the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's uh, look at one more place where Jesus talks about this, all this ancient stuff. 
it's in the text. It's in the last chapter. And he, he goes off on ancient a number of times. Chapter 31, and I'm on page 646. Page 646, paragraph 5. So this is the last chapter, and he, 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 this is when he's really kind of like looking at this theme of, of the ancient horrible versus the ancient promise that we don't have to be horrible. Learning is an ability you made and gave yourself. We learn to make up all this ancient crazy stuff and believe in it. Learning is an ability you made and gave yourself. It was not made to do the will of God. The will of God was taking place in heaven already. And we, we wanted to believe we could actually step outside of heaven and learn something else. Learn these ancient themes of fear and battle and, 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 and cruelty. Oh, by the way, I want to put in a plug for Ken's latest release. Foundation for a Course in Miracles just released a, 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 a short seminar on kindness, the language of kindness. And um, that's available. It's like 10 bucks online for an MP3 download from facim.org. But I mean, this, is, this was the ancient theme of unkindness. That's what we learned. We were unkind to God, we were unkind to ourselves, and now we're in a world where it just seems unkindness is everywhere. Learning all that was an ability we made and we gave ourselves to learn that. It was not made to do the will of God. The will of God is not unkind, but to uphold a wish that it could be opposed and that a will apart from it was yet more real than the will of God. Unkindness became more real than kindness. Whatever heaven is, it's definitely kind. There's no room for unkindness in heaven. And this has learning sought to demonstrate and you have learned what it was made to teach. Kindness, cruelty, finger pointing, blame, judgment, etc. Now does your ancient overlearning, ancient overlearning, Stand implacable before the voice of truth and teach you that its lessons are not true. The lessons of the call of peace. That love is still a done deal. The stuff we learn stands implacable. Won't let it in. Won't open the door to hear something else. Before the voice of truth. We believe the lessons of the Holy Spirit are too hard to learn, too difficult to see, and too opposed to what is really true. That's what we taught ourselves. Yet you will learn them for their learning is the only real purpose for your learning skill that the Holy Spirit sees in all the world. He takes all these themes of reincarnation and psychic abilities and all this stuff, and he reinterprets them so we can wake up to who we are. Paragraph 9 on page 647, I'm in the text, chapter 31, paragraph 9. There is no living thing that does not share the universal will that it be whole, that it wake up, that it, it realize wholeness is already a done deal. 
and that you do not leave its call unheard. Without your answer, is it left to die, seemingly die, because we're ignoring it, as it is saved from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life, the ancient call to life, and understood that it is your own ancient call to your own waking up. The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. And then finally, uh, on the next page, page 648, paragraph one, an ancient lesson is not overcome by the opposing of the new and the old. Jesus isn't going to fight with us about this. We can take all our yeah buts to him and he'll just help us shrug them off. He won't fight about them. He'll just show us that they're all just simply made up. Yeah, but yeah, but look at this. Yeah, but look at that. It is not vanquished. It is not vanquished that the truth be known, meaning this ancient lesson of fear, this ancient lesson of hate, nor fought against to lose to truth's appeal. There is no battle that must be prepared, no time to be expended, and no plans that need be laid for bringing in the new, because we can do it right now. We don't have to battle to do this tomorrow. We just have to lay down the battle right now and be willing to have a different experience. There is, line four, there is an ancient battle being waged against the truth, but truth just doesn't respond. It's that classic image that, of, of that almost generic, that archetype of Jesus standing before Pilate and he doesn't say anything. Pilate keeps saying, what do you have to say? And Jesus is like, <laughs> there's nothing to say. Everything is okay. You can't judge me even if you want to, and, and I'm certainly not going to judge you for thinking that you're judging me. There is an ancient battle being waged against the truth, but truth doesn't respond. Jesus doesn't respond. If he responded, it would make it real. Who could be hurt in such a war unless he hurts himself? We're just hurting ourselves making up a war that doesn't exist. He has no enemy in truth, and he, can he be assailed by dreams? Well, no, not the dreams. Other places he calls it, all this, an ancient dream that we're having. Ancient. It's like, you know, Energizer Bunny. It's a dream that just keeps on giving. <laughs> it just keeps perpetuating itself. The paragraph 13 above that on page 648. So be innocent of judgment. That's the way back, is way back. Be willing to lay down our judgments. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anybody, everybody and everything. The intro to the workbook that, that Lynn will be doing tomorrow morning. Now do you know him not? As soon as we lay a judgment on our brother, we don't know his innocence and we don't know our innocence. But you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, line four happens. 
Now is our brother born again to you, and you are born again to him. Without the past, without this ancient memory that sentenced him to die, and you along with him. Now is he free to live as you are free, because an ancient learning of hatred, of fear, of death passed away and left a place for truth to be reborn. A few pages later, page... 665, I think it's paragraph 13, page 665 in the text. The Savior's vision is as innocent of what your brother is as it is free of any judgment made upon yourself. Since my brother is a reflection of what's going on inside of me, I don't realize when I'm judging him that I'm seriously, I'm judged, just simply judging myself. If I'm judging it what's in him, I'm judging what's in me. It's just the done deal. It's the way it works. However, when I allow my brother to be my savior, I'm willing to see the innocence in him. And that becomes a reflection of the innocence in me. Line two, the savior's vision sees no past in anyone at all. It just sees the here and now. The time we can do this is now. And thus it serves a holy open mind, unclouded by all these old ancient concepts of fear and death, and prepared to look on only what the present holds. The present only holds innocence. It cannot judge because it does not know. And recognizing this, it merely asks, what is the meaning of what I behold? That's what we're asking the Holy Spirit. Then is that answer given? And the door, the door is open then. The door held open for the face of Christ to shine upon the one who asks to see his brother innocent, who asks an innocent to see beyond the veil of old ideas and ancient concepts held so long and dear against the vision of the Christ in all of us. This is a good deal. <laughs> what he's offering here, it, it, you know, it's sort of a money back guarantee. <laughs> well, not really. You're not going to want it back anyway. <laughs> You're not going to want the judgment back. You get a taste of this stuff. You know, Jesus has got his foot in the door, in the door, proverbial door, and then you can't get his foot out. You can't close it anymore. <laughs> You know this stuff really works. You know it's possible to let go of judgments and see each other as innocent and experience our own innocence. And believe it or not, <laughs> this whole thing ends on this note of opening this door, this whole course of miracles. Check out page 91 <laughs> in the manual, the epilogue. He brings this idea of doors, <laughs> an ancient memory of bad stuff, bringing it to the, the ancient memory of good stuff. He brings all this um, to, uh, to a kind of a final capstone in the epilogue on page 91 in the manual for teachers. So how about, uh, let's see, we got five paragraphs. Maurice, you wanna start us off? And then, uh, Carol Weinstein, paragraph two. Joanne, you ready? 
I can't find the page. Oh, page 91 in the manual? Oh, no, Arise, this is terrible. You, you got us all crazed about this stuff, and now you can't find the capstone. <laughs> no, I can't. Page 91, the epilogue in the back of the book. Clarification of terms. You better get somebody else because I'm having trouble. <laughs> in the epilogue. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, 981. Okay, 91, which one? Epilogue. You'll be okay. doing paragraph one. Okay. You sure? Sorry. You're okay, right? I mean, we can't blow this now. <laughs> We're all ready to go to heaven. <laughs> the door is swinging open. Okay. So, okay. Then Carol Weinstein, you'll do two. Joanne will do three. Bruce Brickman, four. And then Abby, five. Alrighty. Hang on to your seats. Here we go. We're going home. Hey. <laughs> okay. Forget not once this journey is begun, the end is certain. Doubt along the way will come and go and go to come again. Yet is the ending sure. No one can fail to do what God appointed him to do. When you forget, remember that you walk with him and with his word upon your heart. Who could despair when hope like this is his? Illusions of despair may seem to come, but learn how not to be deceived by them. Behind each one, there is reality and there is God. Why would you wait for this and trade it for illusions when his love is but an instant farther down on the road where all illusions end? The end is sure and guaranteed by God. Who stands before a lifeless image when a step away the holy of the holies opens up an ancient door that leads beyond the world? You are a stranger here, but you belong to him who loves you as he loves himself. Ask but my help to roll the stone away, and it is done according to his will. We have begun the journey. Long ago, the end was written. Long ago, the end was written in the stars and set into the heavens with a shining ray that held it safe within eternity and through all time as well and holds it still, unchanged, unchanging, and unchangeable. Be not afraid. We only start again an ancient journey long ago begun that but seems new. We have begun again upon a road we see traveled on. Wait, <laughs> we have begun again upon a road we traveled on before and lost our way a little while. And now we try again. Our new beginning has the certainty the journey lacked till now. Look up and see his word among the stars where he has set your name along with his. Look up and find your certain destiny the world would hide, but God would have you see. Let us wait here in silence and kneel down an instant in our gratitude to him who called to us and helped us hear his call. And then let us Arise and go in faith along the way to him. 
Now we are sure we do not walk alone. For God is here, and with him all our brothers. Now we know that we will never lose the way again. The song begins again, which we had been stopped only an instant, though it seems to be unsung forever. What is here begun will grow in life and strength and hope until the world is still an instant and forgets all that, all that the dream of sin had made of it. Let us go out and meet the newborn world, knowing that Christ has been reborn in it, and that the holiness of this rebirth will last forever. We had lost our way, but he has found it for us. Let us go and bid him welcome, who returns to us to celebrate salvation and the end of all we thought we made. The morning star of this new day looks on a different world where God is welcomed and his son with him. We who complete him offer thanks to him as he gives thanks to us. The sun is still and in the quiet God has given him enters his home and is at peace at last. What a ride. <laughs> the Talking Head song, there's a bar, the real bar, and the bar is called Heaven, and they play the same song all night long. <laughs> That's the bar Stephen was trying to get to. He just walked into the wrong bar. <laughs> wow. Thanks, everybody. That was good. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Love you.